Welcome, dear listener, to another episode of True Hauntings and Scary Stories, the podcast where we alternate between spooky conversation and scary short stories. (laughs) Now, here's your host, Miss Cynthia C. Welcome, spooky friends, to another fabulous episode of True Hauntings and Scary Stories. I swear I almost forgot the name of my own podcast there for a second, but I got it. (laughs) Um, Don't forget uh, to check out my Etsy store, True Hauntings Shop, or to go over to Patreon and... um, patronize true hauntings because we love you guys and i've still got some mystery boxes available in my etsy store and they come out every month in the middle of the month so go check it out if you want a spooky fix enough about that salesy stuff we have some fun people to talk to today we have Teresa and ryan from the criminally obsessed love the name of that show oh thank you Thank you. And welcome. How are you guys today? We are good. I'm good. I don't know about you. I am happy to be here. Me too. For sure. Awesome. And I think he's been drinking, so pay him more. Listen. <laughs> we don't talk about I wish that. I had thought of that. <laughs> oh, we drink quite frequently. We are we are alcohol friendly on our podcast if you ever listen. <laughs> nice. I do recommend you guys listen to it. They have cool stories that they talk about and I love it. Yeah, I have some um, tropical punch rum in my fridge oh, that's so calling good. my name, I'm actually, but I did not think to grab any. I'm actually drinking um, a punch-flavored Smirnoff drink. Nice. <laughs> See, I prefer the hard liquor, so I'm drinking, like, my favorite, which they don't even make anymore, is Raven's Lace Peachberry Rum. That stuff is so Ooh. good. Literally, I found out they weren't making it anymore, and I went to um, Total Wine & More and bought all that they had. I was like, I want all of it. Wow. It's so good. But not today. I'm drinking unsweetened iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell everybody about your show and what you got going on? Well, we are The Criminally Obsessed, and it is hosted by myself, Teresa, and my favorite co-star, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. Um, our tagline is Crimes, Criminals, and the Absolute Crazy. And we do all of those things. We will, we have in the past talked about true crime stories, um, murders, unfortunately rape, um, alien abductions. Oh yes. He loves those. Florida man stories, a Mandela effect episode, which we need to revisit soon. Um, gosh, what else? We've done paranormal episodes as well. And Mm. that's kind of what piqued our interest in coming on here. Yes. We do all the spooky things here at True Hauntings. We've done, we did do a ghost episode. What was like, I think our first year, like three years ago, we talked about some of the ghost stories. Yeah, we, we had our own personal experiences and then we did a oh. couple that were related to murders. We did that one episode where the ghost actually solved its own killing, which was really um, interesting. That was so complicated. Ooh, is that the really old case yes. that happened yes. overseas or something? No, yes. it happened here in the United I, States. Oh, was it here? It's the only documented case in which a ghost was an actual 
like yes um, witness she came back to her mother in her dreams right yes Yes. i know that one i have read about that one very interesting i was like it was kind of convoluted, though. Yes. <laughs> I get where you're saying it was complicated. <laughs> Very. <laughs> yeah. I was actually surprised it was allowed in court, but I mean, I guess it did make sense. And eventually he was indeed found guilty. So. Yeah. And it was so spot on. Yeah. Like, maybe if it were a little more gray area-ish, then maybe they wouldn't. But I mean, the stuff that she said was accurate. Yeah. I can't so. remember. I think it was that he hit her over the head and she fell down the stairs. Or something to that. Uh, I can't remember. I want to say yes. That sounds familiar. I my, The main thing I remember is that she kept begging for her daughter to come back and tell her. And her daughter did yes. come visit her in her dreams. Which makes me tell wonder, her why key evidence. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some people don't have the energy strong enough to hang around after they die. True. I'm stubborn as hell, so I'm definitely oh. coming back. <laughs> if there's a way to come back, I'll be here. Nobody better murder me because I will tell on you so hard See, <laughs> and haunt you while I'm at it. It's so funny you say that because I always say don't ever commit a crime with my kids because they will rat you out in a heartbeat. Like, <laughs> like you can't even take my kids to like McDonald's and be like, dude, I'm going to get you ice cream. Just don't tell your sister. Oh, no. And the minute they come in the room or come in the house and the other kid comes, look what mom got me. I'm like, really? Well, you are not the person I'm going to commit a crime with anymore. <laughs> I feel bad because I totally did that to my grandpa one time. <laughs> I think we all my did mom's dad. He took me out and bought a bunch of scratch off tickets, even though my granny didn't approve of them. She didn't like it. And he told me not to tell anybody. The first thing I did was tell them, oh, we just did a bunch of scratchers and it was so fun. <laughs> that is totally got him in trouble. <laughs> My bad. So tell me, um, you already said that you had some personal experiences. So is that what brought you to the paranormal or has it always been an interest or how did it work for you? So for me personally, um, it started with my mom way back in the day. She'd always have me. We'd always watch um, paranormal stuff like, uh, oh my gosh, Amityville Horror, The Exorcist, Mm. that kind of thing from like a young age. And it always interested me. Um, we always told each other that um, if one of us were to pass away, we'd visit the other. And she mm-hmm. actually did when she did pass away. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. But um, she came to me in, the, in a dream and just like, you know, I'm okay, all this and that. I'm like, okay, I woke up and I felt great. Like, my Aww. grief was gone. Aww. You know, that kind of thing. That's sweet. And then when I was about, I want to say 12... Um, I witnessed a full body apparition. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> so it was like maybe one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I went out in the den and the way our house was laid out at the time is we had the den. Um, there was a pass through window into the living room and then straight open concept into the kitchen. Well, I just happened to look out into the kitchen because I heard a noise. I heard the water turn on in the sink. I look and there's just this figure of a woman, see-through, just standing at the sink. Mm -mm. She turns and walks towards my parents' room. So I panic. (laughs) As one should. I I go in the kitchen. Sink is running. Like, it 
actually turned on like full blast. So I turn mm-hmm. it off. I go in my parents' room because that's the direction she headed. Nothing. Not a single See, thing. See, why is wow. it you went after the ghost? Like, I would go the opposite direction. Like, I'm a crazy white person, Teresa. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm that person you see. the longest in a scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, you never, every time you watch one of those movies, like, you'll hear a chainsaw. It's always the, the white girl in there. She always has blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Not that that has anything to do with it because I have blonde hair. And she would be like, <gasps> let's go find that chainsaw noise. Like, no, bitch, go the <laughs> other way. Like, it never ends well. <laughs> yeah. But I woke up my parents and I was like, I just seen a ghost. Come in here. Are you guys okay? And my dad's like, it was it was probably just lightning coming into the house or something. Yeah. I'm like, no. Even my mom was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, going into my teenage years, we, as in my brother and I, would go to graveyards with some friends. As, as young Ooh. men do. As young people do. <laughs> Not just men. There were a couple women with us. And, you know, we, we'd open up and we'd invite the, the worst thing you could do. Invite yeah, spirits about to, to contact us in one way, shape, or form. Mm. Um, and we had this old Civil War era graveyard. It was in Georgia, northeast yeah. Georgia. Um, it's called Panther Creek. It, it's just this little woodsy area. And we went there, did it. We, we'd done it like three times prior to this. This time, my brother went to the back of the graveyard and it was cleared out, no trees. So it was just moonlight beaming down. It was a full moon. This one spot in the graveyard was just completely darkened. So we went there. That was our first experience with a not so friendly entity. Mm. He got scratch marks all down his back. He felt his back just on fire, came running back out. We lifted his shirt, scratch marks. That's crazy. Mm. Did you leave? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, we said our we we said our prayers and left. (laughs) Because you always open with a prayer and end with a prayer when you do that kind of thing. Mm. I heard that you have to tell it goodbye. Like you have to physically tell it. Oh yeah, maybe that's what it was. (laughs) That's a Ouija board. You have to say goodbye. I see. Okay. I don't have any experiences like that. My mother always told me to stay away from Ouija boards, and I have. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but I certainly think that's good advice. <laughs> I don't think I need to tempt fate, just in case. Yeah. My liking or interest in paranormal and ghosts and things, actually, because I'm older than him by quite a lot. I'm old enough to be his mother. She has a child my age. <laughs> I'm 28, by the way. You'll be 29 soon. Oh, don't remind me. I'm almost 30. <laughs> so I remember, like, the first, I think the first movie or first, like, experience with ghosts was The Stand. And those two girls, when they popped up, mm. scared the bejesus out of me. Like, even to the point where... It was even years later, like when me and my husband got together and we were like sitting on the couch and watching the movie. Right. And I knew it was coming. Like I'm older. I'm like 22 at this point. So I know it's coming and I'm sitting there like he had his arm around me and I'm sitting there with the blanket like up to my nose. Right. With both (laughs) hands. And I'm like, all right, I'm ready. It's going to happen. And they come and I just like fling my arms back. 
really hard and punched him right in the face. He was like, thanks for that. But after, like, back to when I was a kid, like, other than the movie, like, the first, like, real encounter with the possibility of ghosts was Unsolved Mysteries. Because. Mm, Love that show. Yes. I remember one particular story on there. It was a ghost of a woman who would always get a ride. And it was, you know, you would see her walking down um, the street and they Mm -hmm. would pick her up. And whenever they passed the graveyard, she was gone. I remember Mm. that one of the first stories that I remember from there. But I always, you know, thought that was fascinating. I was like, is this really real? Like, this is crazy. Like, I had no idea. And much like Ryan, my sister died when I was 14. And I had a dream after she died that we had, we were like, in my dream, we were at the kitchen table just talking. I can't even tell you what we talked about. I just remember that that was the only dream that I had with her that we talked for, it seemingly hours, but in your dream, who knows? Like, other than that, I didn't really have any other, like, crazy experiences like Ryan. I've always said, though, when, like, my grandparents died and I was like, please do not show yourself because I will die. (laughs) Like, I will, I will, I will piss myself, first of all, and pass out. It will not be pretty. Like, just... (laughs) Send me butterflies. Send me anything else. Just don't show yourself. I'm open to loved ones coming to me and letting me know that they're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I welcome I that. that. <laughs> but don't don't let me open a door and you're standing there. No. No. no, no. Well, that would shock me if it were a living person. Right. Oh, <laughs> and see, that's one of the I'm things. really easy to scare. My husband does it to me all the yes, time. Same. And this has been happening for almost 24 years. And he will come up to me. Because I like I'll put headphones on and I'll be doing housework, like the dishes or whatever. He'll come up under me, underneath, you know, like and just poke me in my sides, scare the bejesus out of me. I have been telling him <laughs> for twenty four years to knock that shit off. He still doesn't. Why do they do these things? Why? Because they're men. I do that to my boss. Uh, <laughs> yes. Your boss? Yes. Well, I don't. I don't touch boss. her. But like she'll, be, her office is always open, but she'll be standing at her computer with her back to the door. She'll be typing away, and she has her headphones in. I'm like, Mindy, Mindy. Mm -hmm. And then I just slam my hand on her table, and she goes, what the hell? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You're lucky she doesn't throw something at you. I didn't say she didn't. Right? Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, we're going to hit 24 years this year in May. You got married in 98? Yeah. We did, too. We got married in November of 98. How fun. Okay. Nice. We're basically best friends now. We totally are. And you, and from what you told me, you were here in Florida. You were born in Florida. I mean, I wasn't born Born and raised. My soul was born in Florida. Like I always tell everybody, like it's against my religion to be where it's cold. We are actually both in Southwest Florida right now. Yes. So, what spooky thing do you guys want to talk about today? I figured since we're all basically Floridians here, that we would talk about the Sunland Mental Hospital, which is a fascinating story. And honestly, I think this, although this particular story is about the Florida hospital, I think this probably happened more often than it's even even reported. Oh, 100%. As many mental hospitals and asylums that were really popular, like back in the 40s and 50s, like 
if you had a child born with any type of disability whatsoever, Mm -hmm. they were seen as inferior and you were told by the doctor, your priest, it's best if you send them away. You need to send them to this asylum or to this special school that they would like to call them just because that's what they said to do, even though we know much better now that that's not the best for them. But Right. So this particular one has a very spooky story at the end. First, we're going to talk a little bit about the creation of them here, and then Mm -hmm. then it'll talk about some spooky things. Some spooky things. So how we normally do this on our podcast is one of us would come up with a story, tell it to the other. The other one doesn't know a darn thing about it. He knows nothing. And we just do live reactions and commentary as we go. So... Nice. Let's get into Very it. Very similar to mine. <laughs> it works better because I mean, I love finding these stories. Although his stories are really good, except for the ones he gets from my daughter. Those are really <laughs> bad. <laughs> like, really graphic. Like, my daughter is 17. The one story we did with her, I thought it was going to vomit. I, I think she like, might turn oh out to be gosh. a serial killer one day. <laughs> it was bad. Like, the details were bad. But anyway, I digress. So around 1952, a new series of -of state-of-the-art tuberculosis hospitals opened and were named W.T. Edwards in honor of an important figure in the state's healthcare industry who donated large sums of money to have the hospital built. I honestly thought you were about to say WTF. (laughs) (laughs) That's what my brain heard. (laughs) Between 1952 and 1969, a total of 12 hospitals were built all over the state of Florida, including Tallahassee, Miami, Mariana, Tampa, and Orlando. All of the hospital buildings were constructed the same way. The main buildings were all very long and thin, consisting of five floors with a few smaller wings branching off from the main building. At the time, it was thought that the fresh air was the best treatment for tuberculosis. So the buildings were riddled with multiple pane windows, which would open by by cranks. The backside of each building was a wall of windows, while the front were more evenly spaced apart, especially in the sections that did not house patients. About eight miles west of downtown Orlando lies the ruins of Sunland Mental Hospital. Sunland was initially known as W.T. Edwards Tuberculosis Hospital. W.T.M. Hospital. Right? (laughs) In the 1960s, tuberculosis became less of a public health issue as antibiotics strong enough to tackle the disease were developed, making the hospitals unneeded. This, right? The state converted them into mental institutions, and they were renamed Sunland Training Centers. While the mm. Sunland Hospital facilities were located throughout Florida, the Orlando location was especially notorious. Sunland Orlando was known for its horrid conditions and maltreatment of the patients, even escalating to outright physical abuse and torture, which we've mm. done other stories before where this is very common, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. Like, just, wasn't there an old, uh, we did one, I think it was like an old tuberculosis ward, mm-hmm. and it became like a state school for boys or something, or the mentally diminished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's always tuberculosis. What the heck, man? It's like the plague of the 30s, I think. Because even... Mm. 20s. Was it 20s? Because I had... Um, Every pandemic comes in the 20s. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So the, so the myth in my family is that my mom's father's mother died of tuberculosis in 1928 i believe it was or 29 although i cannot find 
any record hmm. of her death, of her burial, nothing. And I'm all into the genealogy stuff. Like, I cannot find anything. I'm like, what? Wow. Well, record keeping wasn't that important back then. Obviously. If she died in one of these crappy hospitals, they may was. not have made note of it. She was up in Delaware, and there was one. Oh. They only had one tuberculosis hospital in Delaware, and that's where she was, supposedly. But again, I have... Allegedly. Allegedly. Because I, I have... There's no documents that prove that it actually happened. Maybe one of these days I'll find out. So, speaking strictly of the Orlando Sumlin Center, investigators found that over 400 patients had gastric feeding tubes and were being fed a cereal-like gruel three times a day. Oh, God. Gross. Investigators also showed the facility was maintaining unsafe surgical areas and used short-term doctor authorizations to administer treatments on long-term basis. The State Division of Retardation and local staff made promises for reform, but reform never happened. After careful review, the Association of Retarded Citizens, they filed a federal class action lawsuit in 1978 on behalf of the patients for gross negligence and abuse. Good for them. This move forced the state of Florida to close all Sunland facilities in 1983. It was also reported that um, afterward that a shortage of staff and equipment led to a prolification of deformities in patients. And the deformities included upper respiratory infections, urinary tract infections, skin breakdown, and nutritional difficulties, all of which are much too common at the Sunland Orlando. Elaine Cox, the investigating therapist, reported. You know, and unfortunately, during this time, when you were, you would send your kid away, it was not common that you went and visited. Like, if you just, yeah. if they did, they would have, like, family days, and all of them, the patients were put in a special room that was very well-maintained. It had, like, mm-hmm. play tables. It had, you know, board games. Like, it looked... It gave that look that everything was great, that they were well taken care of. They made sure that all the patients were clean. Like, they put on a really great front. And mostly because they were making millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gotta love that state funding. It was pretty bad. Yeah. So around 1980, the horrible conditions became known to the public, and the Sunland Hospital was closed and left to decay, thus entering the dark new phase for the facility. Sunland Hospital, more formally known as the Sunland Training Center for Retarded Children, was a hospital for adults and children who were severely mentally and physically disabled. So it was opened in 1961, and in their 20-year existence, the hospital's conditions gradually degraded due to being understaffed. They say lack of funding, but I don't see it, unless the board was taking and laundering all the money. Sometimes they ended up with lack of funding purely because they got too many patients and they didn't get enough money to support the number of patients that they had. Right. right. I've heard of that. It's just great. Like, it just doesn't make sense, I think, from the outside looking in. You know, thinking mm. how many patients you had there. If you're thinking they all got disabilities, so that you were being funded per child. I think if I remember correctly on the... um. There was a documentary done by um, Geraldo Rivera on a hmm. – um, it's – oh, it it's heartbreaking. But he did a documentary about it, about one up in New York. Wasn't that Pennhurst? Yes. Yes. That's the one that we did, yeah. Yeah. I think he broke it down to they were getting paid like $2 a day 
for kids. It was it was mm. just like it, it, the fact that this could even happen was egregious. And I just was like, yeah. what? The now defunct Sunland Hospital was abandoned and fell into disrepair. It became a hangout spot for kids and armored explorers looking for a scare. Visitors often heard screams and moans, some of them from children. They saw oh, the shadows wow. of former patients, including the shadow of someone hanging from a ceiling. That oh. would scare the crap out of me. Just a little bit. Oh, yeah. Apparitions of young children have also been seen wandering around. That makes me sad. It does. Because, you know, it's like a child is trapped there, and that makes me sad. Yeah, whenever, like, when um, we had an interview with a uh, paranormal investigator in, in one of the houses that she went to. It was the Lizzie Borden house. Yes. I know what you're about to talk about. Mm. So, in the Lizzie Borden house, you would think that that house would be haunted, but it's not. It is haunted, but not by the adults. It is haunted by children that were drowned in a well right outside of it. From next door. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. I didn't either. No one knew that. It's something that's lost to history. Like when she I just was, assumed it was haunted by the people who got hacked in Right? Death. So she was telling us that they did an EVP session there, and I can't remember how it came to be, but she said that um, it was two children. And I was like, wait, hold up. Where did two children come from? Right. Like, do you know the history of this house? Like, if, if there's something else that happened before the Bordens moved in? And that's when she told us that we were the first ones that ever noticed that that happened. And she said that um, when they investigated, they found out that the house next door, that two kids had been killed by their parents. Like, I don't, I don't mm. know if it was years before Lizzie Borden. And by the way, while we're on the subject, I don't know if you maybe had this I don't know if this is a Mandela effect or what, but I have always thought that Lizzie Borden was like a 13-year-old girl that committed these crimes. Oh, no. No, she was, she was grown. A, an adult. Why am I remembering yeah. her as a little teenager? I don't know. She was very Like, I young. swear to God, I, I, I think it's a Mandela effect. I swear to God that there was a documentary <laughs> and it was a child. <laughs> no, she was an adult. In fact, her, so her mother-in-law... Or her stepmother was younger than her, which is why she was mad, which yeah. is one of the theories mm -hmm. of why they were murdered, because mm -hmm. she didn't like yeah. the fact that her dad married a young woman that was younger than her. And they were putting restrictions on her and stuff, right? If I recall. And she got mad about her treatment or something. I don't know, because she was know. making- It's been a while since I read that. I think that's a different case, but um, the, ha the family was kind of like considered high society- Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. she may have had some kind of restriction on what she could do in public eye or something like that. What I always found fascinating is that she didn't leave. Like, after being publicly put on trial and everybody believing that she did, even though she was found not guilty, she didn't leave. The amount of yeah. money that she inherited, she could have gone anywhere. And she didn't. Yeah, she stayed in that town. Mm -hmm. Which kind of made me think that maybe she didn't do it. Because I feel like if you did it for the money, then wouldn't your your goal be to get the money and leave? By the way, Cynthia, we go on tangents if you yeah. hadn't noticed. <laughs> it's Ryan's They're fault. spooky tangents, though. So it's yes. okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes whew, we'll hit down that rabbit hole for a long time. <laughs> so back to the asylum. 
1997, a 23-year-old man was playing hide-and-seek while exploring the building with his friends. While hanging out in the building, he fell into an elevator shaft and plunged to his death. Strangely mm. enough, while en route to rescue the dying man, a sheriff's deputy called in, having seen a young boy looking out one of the second-story windows. While Ooh. searching the building, no boy was found. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. Like, how do you miss yeah. an elevator shaft? They're pretty big. I don't know. Like, you I think, think I'm a little stuck on the fact that he was a 23-year-old guy oh. <laughs> in an abandoned building playing hide-and-seek with his buddies. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen way too many YouTube videos because let me tell you. <laughs> Some of the crazy, and I'm always saying this to my husband. But this was 97. Mom. Yeah, this was before. That was, you can't even blame that on social media. No, you can't. <laughs> no, it was, just, it was just the youth trying to hang out somewhere and seem edgy yeah. and cool. Right. You weren't even, well, yes, you were born, but you were three. Like, you were. <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> Miss ma'am. You would not have any idea. I was a senior in high school. I know That's about. I graduated. <laughs> I know about 90s culture. I'm a 90s baby. <laughs> I always told my husband, like, jackass the show. I'm like, why are men so stupid? Like, the stuff that they did to each other. I'm like, I you can't will never see grown ass women doing that. I can't even answer that. They're just my son tries to pull that hole. You were born in the 1900s. I'm like, son, you missed it by four months. Okay, calm down. <laughs> see, my 22-year-old, my he was born March 1999. So he'll be. 20. Oh, so he can't say yeah. that to you. Like, no, no, you were too. It was right there, right there. After the accident, residents and community members of the surrounding neighborhoods lobbied to destroy the building, citing safety concerns. The building was finally demolished in 1998, leaving the, the only the administrative building left. Which I find mm -hmm. interesting that they would leave that. So a playground and a large field are all that's left where Sunland Hospital once stood. Though it's been years since the closure of the mental ward, many residents still remember Sunland's horrors, especially those who work there. The innocent-looking playground hardly has any reminders of the tragedy that once took place here. Though at night, ghosts of the children come out to play. Nighttime visitors Ooh. have seen ghostly apparitions of children near the area, and swings have been moving on their own. The only mm. part of the Sunland Hospital that escaped demolition was the administrative building, Still abandoned, visitors see many of the same sightings as the main Sunland building, although in a smaller spot. It is weird that they would leave that building standing. That's bizarre. Many of the children who died at Sunland were buried at the Greenwood Cemetery. Specifically, they were buried at Babyland, which that makes me sad. Babyland. What kind of a psycho? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a, a Stephen King plot it, right there. <laughs> <laughs> is it next to Pet Cemetery? No, it's a, right? It's a section of the Greenwood Cemetery reserved for children and infants under the age of five. Oh, that's just sick. Many of the dead Baby at Babyland had died on the same day they were born, which is why there are oh. graves that have no names and no oh. dates. That's so terrible. The Greenwood Cemetery, among well-known haunted spots in Orlando, is also known for ghost sightings. At Babyland specifically, visitors have heard children laughing and playing, and some feel tugging on their pants like a child trying to get their attention. Um, well, at least they're having fun in the afterlife. <sighs> right? That is so sad. And it reminds me, like, I don't, what was that? I, I'm sure you guys have seen it. The Nicole Kidman movie where she's in the house. Oh. And at the um, end, you find out that the others, yes, 
That's, yes, love that movie so much. That's have you seen it, Ryan? You're no. looking at me like, what the hell am I talking <laughs> no. about? No. Oh, you need to you see need that to movie. I, I think it might yes. be more popular with those of you born in the 1900s. Oh, shut up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw something at you. <laughs> no. That that that. Mm. I kid. I kid. What was, and what was that? Oh, what was that other movie with? Um, I see dead people. The Sixth Sense. Oh, The yes. Sixth Sense. That's another really good one. This is one movie that my six-year-old self was scared to watch. Well, you don't even <laughs> know until, like, he comes out and says. I don't know why. I, something about that whole movie was just, it, it freaked me out as a kid. And I was watching Scream right before I watched that. Okay, wait till you watch the others. <laughs> that is, like, mm. a whole different level. It is really good. But it makes you think, like, when we're talking about Babyland, it makes me think about those kids and her being in the house, acting like, you know, nothing's wrong. They're just living in their house. And that's Mm -hmm. what makes me think, like, is that what it's like? Does it go? Yeah. And you know what else I wonder? If there's different spirits in one location and they were in different eras and all that, do they know about each other? Ooh. That's an interesting thought. That is. Right? Are they all on different planes, like in their own little zone? Or do they know about each other? And then can they communicate? Or like, is it like they have company? Or do they just kind of fly past each other and never Maybe it's interact? like pocket dimensions that are just leaking into mm. our world. <laughs> they each have their <laughs> own pocket dimension. Or they could just be so focused on their own life previous life that that's what they see and feel and hear maybe i don't know when they become ghosts when they die and they immediately become ghosts i'm assuming because i don't know do they just continue on with their life i i don't know that probably comes back to the whole residual haunt versus intelligent haunt have you heard of those two terms yes yes yeah so residual Maybe that's what they do. Maybe they just keep doing what they always did. And maybe the intelligent ones know, and so they interact, you know? Right. I feel like the residual ones are just on a on a loop. Like, they just, yeah. you know, yeah. right before they died. Like, whatever they doing were doing. the same thing they always did. Right. And so they don't, they yeah. have no idea that why, anybody else is doing anything. They're just That's why, the, like, the Winchester house, everyone reports seeing, like, this one woman standing at the top of the stop that i can't talk top of the stairs just looking Drink down another one ryan maybe it'll help. <laughs> shut up <laughs> maybe that's why you have all these reports that are like the same spirit doing the same thing and that's, See, just that's a like the one haunt. on unsolved mysteries where the girl is always walking down the street and she always gets a ride and as soon as she gets to the cemetery she's gone it's the same story told. It's, I mean, it's been told by many, many different people. And it's always the same mm. thing. So maybe that's a residual haunting because she never talks. Like the, the mm-hmm. whenever you hear somebody t- retell that story, she never tell. she never talks. Okay. I have a whole nother question. Who are these people that are picking up this mysterious girl that at nighttime speak. who doesn't even speak to them? And they're just like, yeah, sure. They're get in my men. car. They're always this men. sounds like a great idea. Right? Well, they see this girl. She's always wearing a white flowy nightgown. And she's walking down the road with bare feet. And I guess they just feel like they have to save her. I mean, yeah. I... You sure that's what it is? 
<laughs> right? <I don't> <laughs> are, are you? Are we sure? But see, I'm the type of person <laughs> that I'll stop. I won't pick people up, but I'll help you change your tire. <laughs> and I just did that the other All day. All you serial killers out there. I'm wondering. Wow. I'm you wondering need a tire now. to change and then you're good. I'm Man. wondering now if the story about this woman is maybe not like a story of a siren. Where she's trying to lure um, these men to their deaths. I don't know. And like maybe if they get out to look for her, they die. <laughs> is, is she a rogue spirit who like goes out and parties all night long and then she needs a ride back to the cemetery? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's actually a spirit walk of shame and we just don't even know it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. Oh my God. So that is my story of the Sodenland Mental Hospital. You can go by there to the to the cemetery <laughs> if you want. Go to baby I land. think that the no I, isn't parts of the actual area where the the hospital used to be. Isn't it like no trespassing or something? I don't know. I'm. I would assume uh, it is. Yeah, I would think because it's. I don't know because the the cemetery is right there. They may have a fence around it, around the mm. administrative building, just because of people being curious and trying to break in and also but part asbestos. of it's a playground so you know and who, that should be open to the public who would put a playground in some place like that like right by a cemetery like that's just i do not know brick and i a long time back brick and i did a story on and i can't remember where it was now but there was a location where kids that died of smallpox were buried in the cemetery, and then eventually they built a playground either right beside it or on top of it. I can't remember which. Oh, my but God. It w- yeah. But they were saying the playground was haunted. And it's like, well, yeah. Like, uh-huh. what did you do that for? <laughs> like, those on. were horrific deaths. Like, mm-hmm. those poor kids. Like, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that was in one of our bonus episodes. And who, who as a parent is going to be like, hey, let's go down to the cemetery playground? Like, yeah. Like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> let's go play with the ghosts, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Look, the swing is already moving. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me. Like, I don't know if any of your kids have ever done this. And maybe it's just mine. But one, when our um, our second son, who who's the one that will be, his birthday's in March. So he'll be 23 this year. Yeah. I think. Yeah. When he was a baby. He would sit in the little middle of the floor and just laugh. Nope, 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 nope. Like, literally, I have a picture. Nope. I have one picture, but it was, I mean, this was back in the day. So it was like, you know, a regular film camera and it was blurry because he was moving. But he would just laugh. And me and my husband would be like, what the hell is he laughing at? Like, I don't know what he was laughing at. Kids are the creepiest, man. But he would also like wake up in the middle of the night. He was like, I... I don't know. I guess they were night terrors, but he would wake up in the middle of the night screaming and crying. And you would go in there or I would go in there. I'd be like, Gabe, I'm right here. I'm right here. And he would look through me like he was not looking at me. Mm-mm. He was looking through me and he would just be screaming bloody murder. And this was about the same time as the whole laughing in the middle of the floor thing. So he was like 18 months old when Oof. this happened. Girl, your house was haunted. We moved. <laughs> we moved. <laughs> We moved not long after that, but it was just like you would pick him, like you would have to like pick him up and not shake him, but you know, like 
Gabe, it's me. You know, you know, like you'd have to constantly mm. tell him that before he would snap out of whatever. I don't know if he was wow. dreaming. I don't know. It was crazy. They say that kids and animals can see ghosts. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I believe it 100%. My oldest son, when he was only four, he's almost 22 now. So when he was only four, um, we were honestly, I've never lived in a house that wasn't haunted because really? energies are attracted to me in that way. So um, I can't even say it was this house, but we were just living in a normal house that really had no reason to be haunted, but it was. Um, so he was four. And one day he asked me, mommy, um, does God wake you up in the morning? And oh. at the time, I'm not a Christian anymore, uh, just for other reasons. But at the time we were. So I gave him some explanation like, well, not, I mean, sort of, yeah. You know, what do you mean? And he said, well, does God like wake you up in the morning? And I said, how so? And he was like, well, does he tickle your feet? (gasps) Oh no, that's that's not God. No, no, he does not. And I was like, um, no, he doesn't do that. (laughs) I would say he just gives me the urge to pee. And then I'm right. That's what happens when you're old. Yeah. Yeah. So I luckily he was only four and he uh, forgot very quickly and (laughs) moved on. Thank (laughs) God. (laughs) Yeah. No no, no pun intended. I would be like, you're just going (laughs) to sleep with me from now on. I don't want you in that room by yourself. Yeah. No, his room was the active one too. His room was the one that always had a creepy vibe in it. And I mean, I saw shadow figures in other rooms, but his room was always the one that creeped me out. Did you let him play with a baby version of a Ouija board? (laughs) No. Well, he's older now. So now I think he has whatever I have. And I think I got it from my nanny, from my grandmother. Well, they say it runs in families. Yeah. He, He hears things and, you know, sees things and feels things. And See, I don't hear things, but I feel things and i've mentioned this before on our podcast where so when my sister died um my grandmother owned a business it was a flower shop and there was like the work side and then there was like this little it used to be a closet and they busted out the other side because they owned the whole building and the other side was the office where they did like all of the like accounts receivable and all that crap and so on the day she died I had been picked up and brought to the flower shop instead of to the hospital like I should have been. And when I was there, I was just like, why am I here? Why are we going to the hospital? And they were like, we have to wait for your grandfather. I was like, whatever. And I was walking (laughs) from the flower shop into the office. And the minute my foot hit the floor in the office, I buckled to the floor and literally just began sobbing hysterically. And I knew in that moment that she had died. I knew it in every cell in my body. And then fast forward, when my grandmother died, she'd been sick and they were transferring her to the hospice. And my mom was like, do you want to come see her? And I was like, no, because I wanted to remember her the way I I had seen her last. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were out with the kids. They were little. I mean, I think. Emma, our youngest, she was six months old. And I remember that overwhelming feeling. And I was just like, she's gone. 
And like 30 seconds later, my phone rang and it was my mom telling me that she had died. Mm. And then the same thing happened with my grandfather, like not super long ago, about 10 years ago. I was driving from Philadelphia to Maryland, which is where they were. He was in a hospice there and I knew that he was going to be dying, but I was trying to get there before he died. And I was an hour away driving. It got the same feeling and I started crying. And then 30 seconds later, my phone rings and it's my dad. And he was like, meet me at the house. And I was like, no, I'm going to the hospice. He was like, no, meet me at the house. I was like, why? And he didn't Mm -hmm. say anything. And I was like, he's already gone, isn't he? He goes, yeah, he just died. So I don't know what that is, but I've apparently had it for, you know, for a long time that I'll get, I just get these feelings and I, and there's really no way to describe it. I think you just have a spiritual connection to these people and your spirit feels it when theirs is gone. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or you're just very sensitive to it. You know, I've always been. She like hasn't that. experienced this with anyone else other than family. But nobody mm-hmm. else. And the closest weird. family that she's had. True. Because like when, I mean, I have had other relatives die, but I wasn't like super close to them. So I didn't know. But yeah. I've always felt like I've been very empathetic like an empath like i feel other people's feelings like if i go into a room with a lot of people if i'm there for too long unless i'm drinking i get really overwhelmed i'm just like yeah it is two people in here because <laughs> i can feel everybody's feelings and mm-hmm. and i don't know if this has anything to do with that but i cry at every christmas commercial and christmas movie you're just emotional you're <laughs> oh just emotional that's all it is <laughs> but my kids make fun of me like emma does all the time she's like mom stop it like, oh, I'll, I'll watch a commercial, especially at Christmas time, but anytime. We'll watch a movie if it has a sad ending. I'm like, crying. She's mom, stop it. <laughs> I can't. I'm a crier too, so. <laughs> I just can't. That's, it's terrible. Like, they just know. And they give me that look. That look of disapproval. <laughs> Why are you Gosh. doing that? Like, you wait till you graduate. My sons just know that I am going to cry at all oh, of their major life moments. Graduation, marriage, kids, mm. it's it's gonna happen. It's yeah. gonna happen. I remember my own wedding. I remember, you know, like walking down the aisle in the church. The minute they opened the door, I got hysterical and started crying <laughs> oh, all the way down the aisle. Like I don't remember no, anything. You'll mess up walking. your makeup. I didn't even care. Like I couldn't hold it in. Like it hurts me not to cry. Like it hurts my, my chest and my that. throat. I'm like, I don't even know how we went through the wedding. Like, I don't even know how I spoke. (laughs) (laughs) But you watch like the shows, like the wedding, the wedding shows, or you watch a movie with a wedding or whatever, and you see them and they're not crying. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? It's not true love. It's not true love. I did not cry at mine. You didn't? No, but mine was, it was a mess. It was. Aww. If I had cried, it would have been from turmoil, not yes. from. Oh my gosh, one of those. Yeah, I. Oh yeah, I say that all the time. The only good thing that happened on my wedding was I actually married my best friend. Everything else mm-hmm. went terribly wrong. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I keep saying we're going to redo it, but I'm going to cry anyway. So. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and talking spooky with me. Thank you for having sharing us. the story. Oh, it was a pleasure. We'll have to do it again. Yes. If you guys ever have something spooky happen to you. You call me. Of course. I'm on it. Sure will. You can come right back and we'll talk it out. <laughs> I'll be your paranormal therapist. There you go. 
everyone is that a service that you offer like let's 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 you know what i'll i'll help you brand it we could do this we got this (laughs) got it um why don't you tell everybody real quick how to find you if they want to reach out and um how to find your show and all that good stuff um we are at the criminally obsessed on instagram at the criminally on twitter the criminally obsessed on facebook um, you can reach us by email, thecriminallyobsessed at gmail.com. Um, and our show is on all of the platforms. All of the things. At the Criminally Obsessed. Yep. Very cool. You guys don't forget that if you like the show, you can go on to, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can rate me on there. But please rate me on whatever platform you can, whenever you can, because it helps me greatly to reach more people so that I can spookify them. And until next time, I will spook you later.